0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Mouth of the Time podcast brought to you by the Shields Gazette. I'm Dominic Skerd, joined by Joe Buck to discuss all the latest news surrounding Newcastle United. The transfer news is hotting hot up, the players are back for pre-season. Plenty to talk about, Joe.
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a whirlwind the last couple of days, hasn't it? You've, it's been sort of a quiet issue. I obviously had Sandro Tonali joining and then it sort of went quiet for a few days. But once the Gator game got on the way of Saturday and then Rangers, it's been, it's been all go on all fronts, hasn't it? So yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited to talk about all the, all the recent updates at Newcastle.
0: Yeah, and big update, big story today. Sandro um, Tanoni, uh, Harvey Bond, sorry. Uh, will follow Sandro Tonali through the door as Newcastle United's uh, third summer signing, second uh, major summer signing, if you like. Um, He's currently, as we speak, at the training ground for his medical, following a £38 million um, agreement with Leicester City for the winger. Um, Joe, what what do you make of Harvey Barnes, set to be a Newcastle player, obviously with the caveat of Alan St-Maximin going... um, to Saudi Arabia.
1: I think I think it's a brilliant deal. It's it's funny because most of the early summer was dominated with James Madison. Obviously, he was linked with Newcastle and he goes to Tottenham. I think Barnes went under the radar as almost a whole mm. of last year, really, because James Madison got the headlines everywhere. He went almost at Leicester, but you know, 13 goals last season and a team that went down you know from left wing is is a brilliant hole. And I think that you look at that, you just look at the the basic stats, it's it's a good deal. You know, he's 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 25, so he'll be coming into his you know prime very soon. English, which obviously helps the registration rules, also knows the Premier League. There's no risk of him not being able to adapt or anything like that. I think it's a, on paper it's a great deal, and for me, it's he seems very much an Eddie Howe type of winger. You know, he will press, he'll do all of all of the stuff that Eddie Howe wants him to do off the ball, but he's also very good in front of goal. Then you know, stats last season show that, and along with uh, Almiron on the right wing, hopefully there's some goals from out wide for Newcastle this year.
0: Yeah, it certainly seems a sensible sign. And when you look at the statistics, I mean, the statistics don't tell the full story, but uh, Harvey Barnes, I think, in the Premier League, 60 goal involvements, goals and assists combined. It These are sort of numbers that just Newcastle wingers can't can't com- really compete with. And this is at a Leicester side. OK, they've been at the right end of the Premier League for the majority, but as you say, um, suffered relegation last season.
1: Yeah, it's- when we may well talk about Saint Maximin now, <laughs> we're going to be—I'm sure his name will crop up. But when when you just look at the basic, you know, comparisons between Saint Maximin and Barnes, is it's a no-brainer, really. Which one you might, you know, you would re- rely on for goals and assists? Yes, Saint Maximin is probably more flashy and you know easier on the eye than maybe Harvey Barnes might be. But in terms of pure numbers and what we expect to happen next season, Harvey Barnes is is like you know is the one that you would you would think the Newcastle would go would plump for and. Hopefully, he's almost. I wouldn't say he's guaranteed goal, you know, guaranteed goals because you know we could be talking about this in six months' time. And he hasn't scored, but right now he does seem like someone who will who will guarantee you know goals at the club.
0: Yeah, and who maximum with Hildepaul. With, I think a lot of Newcastle fans will be um, sad to see him leave. I think he's he's certainly been a bright spark in what have been previously dark times for Newcastle and as th- the team sort of evolved and improved around him he sort of faded into the background slightly which for the type of player he is it probably just didn't didn't suit him so it's one of those moves I think Al Ali um, going going to the Saudi Pro League, playing regularly, obviously the, the financial benefits of that, It's it, I think it's just a deal that that makes sense for everyone, I, I don't know if you feel the same way
1: Yeah I do, I think Say, almost he's almost at the wrong place at the wrong time. I think he's he's in that little bit of a sweet spot of Newcastle, probably won't miss his output too much next year, but he's also someone that they can get a bit of money for and someone that, you know, will be relatively easier to sell. And it's a shame because, as you mentioned, I think for at least two years, two and a half years, he was probably the only reason to watch Newcastle at times. He was the one. Even now, when he picks up the ball, you still get the edge and you see anything. He's, he could do anything here. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe that won't won't have that next year with some of the options but i think as you know one goal in the premier league last year and obviously that came back in august brilliant goal gotta add but it's not someone that new will miss too much and if you can get 20 million for him obviously get his wage off the boots as well it, it's a deal that new will really have to have to look into and i know we always talk about financial fair play i think we're bored of talking about it but it's someone that with them financial fair pay constraints if you can get him off if he can sell him now for money it'll freeze up You guys will do a lot more this summer and as i said i think for saint Maximin, it's it's just the wrong place at the wrong time
0: yeah that's what eddie howe was saying the saint Maximin deal eddie howe very rarely gives much away on transfers but the fact he gave quite a bit away after the rangers game on tuesday night was was telling but the suggestion from him was this Potential sale, um, imminent sale—you could say—is just going to free Newcastle up a lot more. It's allowed them to to bring in Sandro Tonali, for example, It'll allow them to bring in Harvey Barnes, and potentially explore some more options in in the transfer window as well. So, I think it's a a, a sale that had to happen. Saint Maximum, we've always said, is is Newcastle's most saleable asset in terms of. Um, is he that important to the first team? Probably not. Um, in, in the same way, someone like Bruno definitely is Sven Botman, Alexander players like that certainly are who you could sell for a lot of money, but and Saint Maximin, you can get a decent chunk for. I'd say it's probably the first major, major sale. Um, PIF have done since since taking over the club because Chris Wood and, and, and John Joe Shelby pretty much were, weren't really um, first team players or regulars um, at the point they were sold. So Saint Maximin. You'll be a miss, but I think it's a sensible um deal done by the club and, and should certainly on paper statistically improve Newcastle United, even though, like you say, they do lose a bit of that edgy you seat flair, which as Newcastle fans are uh, watching Newcastle as reporters, you do love and um you will be a miss for that. Um but how do you think in maybe ten, fifteen years? history will look back on on St Maximin at Newcastle United?
1: I think I've seen a lot of fans on social media talk, you know, it's easy comparisons with Ben Arfa, all that, you know, sort of French mercurial left-wingers. I think that he probably will go down maybe a little bit more. I don't know, it's probably recency bias. For me, he's, he's he was better than Ben Arfa from someone who, you know, watched m too regularly. For me, I, I would never got on board with Ben Arfa, I'm not going to lie, but St Maximin was always that thing where he... He always felt he could do something. As I said, I think the com- the comparison between how excited I was to watch him and how, you know, un- enthusiastic about watching Newcastle at all during those couple of years, you know, really sets him apart. It is going to be a big shame to see him go. I, he probably he's you know, as Newcastle progress in the next few few years, and where if they get to where you know we hope and think they can get to, he's he will be looked back fondly because he did help keep Newcastle in the Premier League, which of course led to the sale which of course led to where we are now but I think the one thing I would say is is fans and as Jonas covered we do have to get used to players leaving the club it's under Mike Ashley it never really happened you know we were so we with kabai back in the day but they never really had these assets to sell but now they're getting these type of players in you mentioned Bruno and Isak I'm not saying the guys are going to sell them for one minute very soon but they're the type of players where real madrid sorry barcelona you know they're the types of teams that are going to come sniffing around at some point and we you know they've just got to accept that players do want to leave you know players will want to leave and the club will have to cash in on these at times so same, it's going to be a shame to see saint-maxim gone and not at the club next year but as we've said for the last few minutes it's it's probably the right right move at the right time
0: yeah i think that um ben offer comparison is a, is an interesting one i'd I probably agree with you i i I think Aunt Ben Arthur, in terms of just raw quality and end product, was probably superior to St Maximin. But um, dribbling, in terms of pace, explosive, um, being explosive, St Maximin probably edges it. And I'd argue Ben Arthur was playing in a, in a much better side than what St Maximin was. So St Maximin, very much the bright spark at a dark time for Newcastle. So I think history will look back on his time at the club. Very kindly, and um, I think I go and speak. I'll, I could speak for all fans and saying thank, thank you, Alan, for for your service to Newcastle United because you played a big part in in getting the club to where they are today. And um, when Newcastle are today is in America. But um, on Tuesday night, they before jetting out off to the United States, they played Rangers at Ibrox a two-one win. Um, goals from Miguel Almiron and Harrison Ashby. Uh, two wins from two in pre season, Joe. What what were your thoughts on that game?
1: Yeah, it was it was it was good. It was a good run out. Yeah, and, you know against Rangers, who I, I, I'm not gonna lie, expected more from Rangers. I know it was a pre season. I thought there might be a little bit more of a testing I thought, you know dominated, especially in that first half, they were they were all over Rangers. But I was really impressed with Sandro Tonali. I thought he was excellent. I thought I love it when a player just gets involved, and he seemed to get to be involved with everything they did it's similar to bruno on that mold for me he just wants he wants to be on the ball he wants to be tackling he wants you know he's not afraid to put in a tackle that so i thought he was really good in his first game uh Almoron, well the pass he did for Anderson to set up Almiron was brilliant and then that finish by almiron of i saw it back and it's just the way he takes it he just slots it he doesn't put any power on it almost he just puts it in the corner and it was it was a great first half second half they did they did slow down, you know. Unsurprisingly, you know, they didn't need to exert themselves. It was just a preseason game. The goal was a sloppy goal, but then uh, to concede. But then, right at the end, Isak again, you know, just getting a bit of space on the left, finding a tiny little gap, putting that cross in, and it was a great finish by Ashby. So overall, it was a good run out, and it was it was you know good place to beat Ibrox. I, that was my first visit at Ibrox, Um you know, and it was a different atmosphere, especially being testimonial. All that so it was it was probably something that. Eddie Howe would have taken a lot from, and I think that going to America on the back of playing games at An Rangers, you know, will stand them in good stead to have three very competitive games against against Premier League opposition.
0: Yeah, it was a was a good occasion, like you say, the testimonial, eight thousand away fans there. i'm you obviously had a different perspective for me um, in the in the away end, but it felt like maybe not. A direct comparison, but maybe a little preview of of those European nights we're going to have um, next season in the in the Champions League. Did you did you feel that way watching it from from the away end?
1: Yeah, it, it was it was it was as I said it was a different atmosphere because it did, if it wasn't away game, but when you're being around you know eight thousand other fans, it's all so, it's almost a bit like a home game. But then with the the season vibes, but I think it was just a nice place to be. in. And as you say, it, it sort of give you a little vision of this could be Newcastle in. A couple of months time you know there is a likelihood they can't get rangers and that and that and that would be a hell of, be a, hell of a trip for you know anyone who gets to go with that one so it's it is an exciting few months ahead for newcastle i think that the biggest thing was the fact that they came away with that game with no no injuries so you know no real injuries and the fact that they can go to america with the pretty much full squad other than joe linton who was hopefully join in a couple of in a couple of days in a week's time so yeah it was it was a good good run out for the team and i was I was impressed by what I saw.
0: Yeah, Joe Linton, yet the feature so far this preseason. international duty and extended break prevented him at um, at Gateshead and then at Rangers, visa issue, um, delay getting his visas has stopped him from travelling with the rest of the squad to the United States. No update on that initially, um, from the club at least, Um, but the hope is that he'll join the rest of the squad in the United States for the... Premier League summer series, which will see them face uh, Chelsea, Aston Villa, and Brighton. But um, just on the Rangers game and the Gator game, to a degree, yeah, we've we've seen Newcastle ninety minutes. They've played twice now. We've seen a lot of players involved, a lot of young lads. Is there anyone who has particularly impressed you? You mentioned Sandro Tonali, but anyone other than that, who you who you liking the look of in the early stages of pre season?
1: I think for me it was it was good to see Elliot Anderson and Lewis Miley then too in particular get you know a fair a fair amount of game time. We've seen Anderson in bits over last season and Miley obviously right at the end of the season against Chelsea. But it was nice to see them two, you know, playing major roles. And I think them they're going to have not a major role to play this year because I don't expect them to be starting you know week in week out. But with all these games coming up, they're going to have to you know gonna to have to be relied on. It was good to see them. They didn't look out of place at all. Obviously Elliot Anderson's more cuts mm. on the first team, especially Lewis Miley, he looked you know very solid in that middle of that park. I've seen a lot of praise for uh, Alex Murphy as well. He's he's played well in defence. So it's nice to see all these youngsters stepping up and you know and actually not looking out of place in this team and you know giving Howe a couple of selection headaches or even go you know Eddie Howe knows in the future that he can rely on these players to come in and do a job for his team.
0: Yeah, I think Elliot Anderson, you make a good point. I've got the assist um, for the opening goal at Rangers and obviously scored a gatehead over the weekend. So I think it, it, it's a big season ahead for him. I spoke to him after the Gatehead game and and he said he's not. Um, he wants to be part of the first team. He knows what he needs to do to get regular starts. He only got a handful of starts last season. Um majority of them coming in the cup and he he knows he needs more goals more assists Um, he only got one assist last season and that came on the final day at Chelsea so he knows what he has to do I think he, he does have an important role to play he won't be leaving on loan Um, despite you there'd be no shortage of interest if Newcastle were to make him available but I think Lewis Miley's an interesting one as well 17 years old midfielder and I think you're right um He's played twice now and, and not looked at all out of place, which is, is some going for for such a young lad. And I think he's of that age now. He's almost maybe too young to go to go out on loan. I think it would benefit him to to stay involved in Newcastle given the three games a week for pretty much throughout the first half of the season it would benefit uh, to keep him involved and maybe use him in the in the Carabao Cup, things like that, and give him the odd run out in the, in the Premier League. And obviously he fits the, the homegrown quota as well for the Champions League as well. So um, I think the young lads have, have largely impressed so far. I think Alex Murphy, like you say, is, is another one. And Harrison Ashby, first time we've really had a chance to look at him in a Newcastle shirt, signed from West Ham in January, never really... Got a sniff named on the bench once or twice. But I think he he brings a bit of pace, a bit of energy. But he is one player. Um, his header was good too. But he is one player who, realistically, you could see going out on loan, um, depending on what happens with the likes of Javier Manquillo, um, Emile Kraft, who um, Manquillo could leave as well. But, um, yeah, looking ahead, Newcastle currently in the United States and would expect Harvey Barnes to... To join them out there, Joe Litton, hopefully, um, pending that visa. But after two good runouts so far, this is sort of where the real pre-season starts for Newcastle, Joe, in terms of the up-against-Premier-League opposition. We'll start to get a, a real feel. It's it's not just about fitness anymore. You want that quality to start shining through.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, 100%. Especially with that game against Aston Villa, you know, obviously with the first game of the season as well. That's going to be real... That's gonna be a real test, and you're right. You, you can't look too much into pre-season results, you know. Newcastle might give you five now at the, the weekend, and it really makes no difference. But I think that you do want to you do want to get some confidence going into, that, into the season. And as you say, there's no better teams to play really than you know three of the teams who are going to be challenging for Europe this year. There's no doubt about it that you know Aston Villa, Brighton, and Chelsea, who they who they're going to play in America, are all going to be all going to be in in around those top sort of six, seven, eight positions. So it'll be it'll be a good test for Newcastle. It'll be It'll be one that, it'll be interesting to see what Eddie Howe does. He obviously rotated, you know, very heavily from Gateshead the Rangers, you know, you know, six or seven subs at halftime. So it'll be interesting to see what teams he puts out in them games and what sort of, if they give any indication of what his strongest team will be next year. Because I think we could probably sit here and name, maybe name seven or eight players that we think will start that Aston Villa game in August. But mm. it's probably there's probably three or four spots up for grabs. And, you know, that could be anyone's. And the best time to impress, for these players to impress, who maybe aren't guaranteed a starting spot is obviously against Aston Villa on Sunday and then Chelsea and Brighton next week.
0: Yeah, definitely. And like we've touched on, Eddie Howe has brought over a couple of young lads too that we've mentioned before. So they, you'd expect, would would bolster the squad and and potentially have an opportunity to break in as well. But yeah, there's probably, like you say, three or four first-team starting positions up for grabs. I think Anthony Gordon's another player who has come back fresh and full of confidence from the... From the Euros, winning that, winning winning player of the tournament. And it's a big season ahead for him as well. Um you're looking, St. Maximin leaving. Okay, Harvey Barnes is coming in, but it's it's a big one ahead for Anthony Gordon, a big season. And early signs, at least second half at Rangers, is um he's a player full of confidence at the moment.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, he definitely looked like he'd, he'd sort of re- risen in confidence, obviously, he had a fantastic Euros, but it was a little moment where he did that little step over in the box, you know, and, and breeze past the defender, and you just look at that, and he probably wouldn't have tried that last year, or he might have tried it and got tackled, but he just seems like a new player this year, and it, it's great, and it's a great problem for Eddie Howe now to have, really, he's probably got, if he's if he's going to play that 4-3-3, you know, with two wingers and striker, he's probably got four or five players who who them three starting spots, you know, left wing, right wing, up front. So it'll be interesting to see what you know what he does with Gordon. He, he talked about, or Eddie Howe talked about his versatility was a, a good thing for the, the club to have. So he definitely impressed me on uh, on Tuesday night and someone that I think lots of fans are really excited to see how he gets on over the next few weeks and then in the beginning of the season.
0: Yeah, definitely. Big season ahead for him and £45 million pounds from Everton. There's a expectation, but he is still a young lad, only... Turned twenty-two earlier this year, so um, positive signs at least. Um, hopefully he can have a good season ahead for Newcastle. But we're talking about players coming and joining the squad in the the United States, one player looking likely to to leave the squad and fly back to England is Carl Darlow. Um, close to agreeing a move to Bournemouth, Premier League club, staying in the Premier League. Newcastle obviously asking. Um few million pounds for him and, and looks like they've got it. So in terms of the goalkeeper situation, we needed a goalkeeper to leave, really, Joe. Have five senior goalkeepers on the books. And it looks like Carl Darlow is is going to be at least the first one um to leave.
1: Yeah, it's it's not really a surprise. I think you know Darlo seemed to be the one that, that might leave. And you know, he impressed at last year and second half of the season. It's it would be a shame to see him go. He's been a great servant you know, since joining the club, obviously he went initially back on Nottingham Forest, but he's been brilliant, you know, he'll always have them two penalty saves against Nottingham Forest, he's got a great chance, and to be fair, he was a brilliant understudy to Martin Dubravka when he got injured, um, you know, a few seasons ago, so, again, he'll go if he goes, he'll go with nothing but fond memories, but, it, it, yeah, five goalkeepers were was too much, so it was interesting, I was surprised Carrier signed a new deal, I thought he might have had some offers elsewhere, but, you know, it's clear that he's impressed during his time, the club, it's clear that they, you know, the club have been impressed by him, um, and it just leaves you know Martin Dubravka's future really up in the air. He was obviously at Rangers, uh, he seemed pretty, you know, with the group. Uh, I saw him at the end there, you know, he was in the middle of the group, obviously didn't feature, but he, he was there, so it'll be interesting to see his future. But I, I think Eddie Howe, much like he said, he wants you know, two strong 11 starting 11s. And that, you know, obviously means he wants two strong goalkeepers. And Nick Pope will be the number one. And there's probably not many better number twos than Martin Dubravka in the Premier League. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Martin Dubravka is is another one who falls into the category similar to Saint Max. When he's helped during some of the darkest times and kept Newcastle in the Premier League almost single handedly at times. So, I think he's one who who certainly has a legacy at Newcastle. Should he leave, and and we've already. I guess, touched upon it uh, this time last year or at least uh, September last year just after he joined Manchester United on loan when we all thought it was the end of his Newcastle career. But he, he's come back and um, whether he leaves again, he, I think he's the type of player who who will want first-team football. He, he's probably so used to that in Newcastle to for, to then lose it and then Newcastle have the joint best defensive record in the Premier League. Nick Pope keeps so many clean sheets is probably as as much as it's good for the side and as much as I'm sure he's happy for Nick Pope, it's probably dented his ego slightly and it, he'll be potentially looking looking elsewhere, looking at options because um, Wiley obviously speaks very highly of the club and Champions League football's an incentive uh, being one of three, four goalkeepers um, Nick Pope's the clear first choice but then after that it's him and Loris Karius, whether you want to be involved in that, basically being a training goalkeeper when you're 34 years old, you're coming to the, to the end of your career, I'm not sure. So I wouldn't be surprised to see De Dubravka leave, and I'm speculating here, but maybe that is part of the reason why Loris Karius agreed a new deal at the club, because it maybe he's, he's now the new second-choice goalkeeper who will get the opportunities in. The Carabao Cup potential, some European games as well. So, we'll see see how that unfolds. Um, I'd I'd be sad to see Martin Dubrovka go as I, as I was uh, last summer, but ultimately it's it's that progress Newcastle have made, and it, it it's not making the side any worse. Should Should he leave, so um, that's that's one potential outgoing I can see, and um, I'm sure we'll see a few more the likes of. Jeff Hendrick, um, Isaac Hayden, Ryan Fraser, players like that who Newcastle just simply need off, off the wage books um, to to free up that financial fair play, which is, has restricted them quite a bit so far this summer. Eddie Howe spoke about it at length and, and we need um, to get rid of players ultimately to free up um, that space in the transfer market and, and wages are, are a big part of that. So we'll see how things unfold from here. We've, we've got Harvey Barnes one foot through the door more or less two um we're looking tino livermento is another one the cl- club are keeping an eye on um i don't know what you what you think about him Joe. He, he's looking like the most realistic next signing but as we know signings can sort of pop up from from anywhere but in terms of livermento a right back considering ashby emil craft um kieran trippy obviously first choice javier manchio um is this a signing? If it's the reported twenty, twenty-five million, you'd you'd want to see Newcastle do?
1: I think so. He seems like the ideal profile really for a for a Eddie Howe type side know where they are right now. You know, there's he's young, as you meant, you know, young. He's played in the Premier League before. Obviously, he got a bad injury, which kept him out of action for about a year. So that'll be something that he has to overcome. But he showed everything to sell happened, that he's he's got the Megans to be a Premier League player, obviously. He was on the was at the books, of Chelsea left for first team football as as many do so i think it's definitely someone that worth worth newcastle going for and with the it's sort of versatility playing right back and left back that'll be really helpful as well we've seen Trippier play left back obviously still got dan burn and matt target so they can get you know three or four solid or well, three or four fullbacks there that newcastle can rely on going in next year we talk about this they just need our depth and quality that squad we mentioned it the amount of games they're going to play need to keep adding as i said depth and quality and livermento is premier league proven player if he can get over his injury 20 million pounds for for a player who's got you know at least 10 15 years hopefully the top of the game is it should be a good deal so i'm excited about that and i think it's it's interesting to see the newcastle signing harvey barnes and then maybe livermento as well it's very much a case of you know trying to get these deals from relegated teams that they can do on you know relatively cut price deals so it's 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 good it's an exciting time. To be, you know, Nigas a fan and covering the club and hopefully be an exciting transfer window between now and September. And before we know it, the get you know, the games will come thick and fast and there'll be games to report on transfers and it'll be, sure it'll be a busy, busy couple of months.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think Livermento is is probably will be viewed as, should he come in, the natural successor to to Kieran Trippio, who's obviously he's 33 later this year. So um in terms of both England and and Newcastle if you if he were to come in. So and as a player who has been injured, probably won't mind so much being that substitute, uh not getting quite as many games um as as obviously Kieran Trippian starting week in, week out. But we'll have more on that as it develops. We'll have uh, coverage of Newcastle in the United States um over the next week or so as well where the play as we say, Chelsea, Aston Villa and Brighton. So you can catch all that on the Shields Gazette website. You can also sign up to our latest newsletter to have all of the latest Newcastle United news delivered straight into your inbox. Just visit shieldsgazette.com forward slash newsletter for more information on that. But for now, Joe, thanks as always for joining me on the Mouth of Time podcast. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Cheers.